Winding Loons, Caulk Like Coffee, and the 100-word story. It's all part of Kwame and Company. Here we go again. This is uh, Kwame and Company podcast number 13. So I don't know if that means it's going to be the fantastic, the best podcast we've ever done or a dismal failure. I guess I don't put much <laughs> stock into numbers, you know, no. like meaning something. No. We have fun regardless if anybody else listens to us, I guess, oh, or not. That's right. So, hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so coming up today, we will have uh, Julie Coleman, the author of our book of the month on a couple of times, but all kinds of other stuff as well. And uh, that's just the way the Kwame and Company podcast goes. Uh, you know, Rick, they're mentioning cock like coffee. I'm still in my apparently summer long experiment on drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. Never have drinking, never have been much of a coffee drinker up no, at all. I was going to say been much of one. No, I just, I, you haven't been a coffee no. drinker at all. And it's starting to make a little inroad in, in term, and it could be just habits. You know, I, you do thing by habit, something by habit, and you, oh, you don't hardly think about it anymore. I still don't like the taste of it, though. So I don't, I don't know if that's a habit, if you if it doesn't bring enjoyment, but you still do it. Well, there can be dumb habits. So. <laughs> yeah, could come under the category of dumb habits. It's certainly I mean, like, there's bad habits and there's good habits. This is just a dumb habit. Dumb habit. Well, you know, I'm I'm in this dumb habit with a gazillion other people, so. Uh, yeah, but most of those people drink it because they like it. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've never met anybody who just drinks it because they think they should or something. I do have, uh, you know, you get, you get, you get a little, uh, sociologically, uh, you you feel like you're part of something. People give you the nod and you're there getting the coffee out of the the thing. Well, so do people when you're smoking on a smoke break and everybody else is smoking, but it's not a good, no, No. it's not a good reason to start something. All right. A lot of people say coffee is good for you. Well, some people do the ones that are hooked on it. I guess. (laughs) All right. Like, who so, says this? But it's not caulk-like. You know, uh, Randy would uh, put enough stuff in his coffee that the spoon would stand up, like with a malted sure. milk. You know? yeah. I don't, I don't go to that extent. <laughs> uh, all right. So we've got a good news story here, and this is something that uh, I think it's a great example of somebody seeing a problem and addressing it, doing something, which is what we're called to do. Right. As believers. Do something. Do something. Yeah. Matthew West asks us to do something. Too. Right. Uh, the sight of a woman sitting on the ground at a Denver bus stop spurred James Warren to do something. He started building benches so weary commuters could wait for their buses in dignity. He didn't ask permission. <laughs> no, this just went and built them and then <laughs> I... set them out there. This is the one part of the plan where I have a little... He, he well, because may- you could be wasting your time, big time. Right. Like this could be it. I mean, I suppose you could use the bunches elsewhere unless they confiscate them and they just take them and say, well, we don't want them Throw out them there. Away, and, yeah. yeah. He's not a carpenter either. He works for a Colorado Workforce Development Council. So it, it sounds like a white collar guy. But yeah, he you decided- can pretty much learn anything on YouTube. Well, that's true. That's exactly what he did. He he. It- <laughs> And, and use the just wing it method of bench building without sure. waiting for city permission. So he's made eight benches for local bus stops, all inscribed with the message, 
be kind on the back where you can read it. Be kind. Okay. So what happened to the days of bus stops having benches? I uh, Apparently, they figured they didn't want people loitering, so they don't put a bench in there. Oh, they had they people just, sleeping on just, them? And, yeah. And, um, okay. But, you know, uh, I think a, a, a bus stop bench is generally a good idea. If somebody's sleeping on the bench, well, tell them to move on or just let them sleep. Right. What's the deal? But anyway, <laughs> the city's now on board, as are others who also wanted to build benches. And they all, so now there's benches popping up all over. Nice. Benches popping up all over. Well, uh, I like the ones that they have in Pequot. They're fun. Oh, yeah. They got the big uh, heavy-duty benches with, they have messages on them too, right? Yeah, the like businesses can, that, business can, you that can sponsor. sponsor a bench. Mm-hmm. They got them all over the place. All right. Kind of nice. All right. So Warren said, uh, apparently the Washington Post picked up on the story and uh, they quoted him as saying, let's just all help our neighbors, whether that being building a bench or if somebody is sleeping on the bench, leave them a bag of food or something. I don't know. Sure. So that's the story. Let's uh, jump in here to uh, Julie. And uh, we're talking about the, uh, uh, the book of the month for the month of August on the roles of women in the church. 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. This is Kwame and Company, and we have an author with us today, Julie Zain Coleman, author of On Purpose, the subtitle Understanding God's Freedom for Women Through Scripture. There's a sticker right over there. It says Scripture. Is that right, Julie? Yes. <laughs> There's a sticker on the book cover. Okay, uh, so uh, thank you for joining us and talk about a topic that's getting a lot of attention today is the role of women in the church. Yeah, it sure is. This was a kind of good for a girl writing a book about this. But um, yeah, I, and it, it's been a hot topic for me for a very long time because God gifted me with a lot of leadership ability. And um, and I grew up in a very conservative church. Women weren't even allowed to pray out loud. They um, and they they didn't vocally take place, uh, take part in anything. Um, so and I thought that's what the Bible said. And so I was with it. You know, I just want to do what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, but I, I, through many years of studying and, and looking these things over, I went to seminary, got a degree. I learned how to dig deep. And, and uh, I just realized that the, what's happened is there are several passages that we can all, you know, say this is about women in the church and that kind of thing. But they're pulled out of their, their contexts and then put together to create a doctrine. And my problem is, you, it, if it didn't originally mean that, you can't make it mean something else. So I went back and I looked really carefully at the context. I looked at the grammatical structure of each of the passages. I, I know Greek, I l- looked up the Greek, I, um, and I just did a deep dive. And I really feel like these verses have been taken out of context and taught to mean what they did not mean in their original context. So as an example, Paul writing to a a church and a Mm -hmm. specific situation in that church in Mm -hmm. the vocal people Mm -hmm. uh, was not necessarily talking to uh, Hillsboro, North Dakota. Right, exactly. And it's even more than that. Like if you're you're thinking about Corinth with with Paul saying women should be silent in the church. When you look at that whole chapter, chapter um, 
14, and, and the, the chapter is written to groups who have been hogging the stage and not letting everyone participate. And the way that the church was being um, conducted at that time, Paul talks about it in that chapter, and he says somebody comes with a psalm, somebody comes with a teaching, somebody comes with a prophecy, a hymn to sing, whatever. And so people were getting up and sharing, but there were certain people that were hogging the stage. Mm-hmm. I like to say hogging the mic, but yeah. I guess that wouldn't work for back then. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, and there were three groups, two of which had men in them. One was the people who were speaking in tongues without interpretation. And so they were only doing it and they were only benefiting themselves because the church didn't know what he was saying or she was saying. So Paul says, Sagao, be silent until you have an interpreter. Then the second group were um, prophets and there were a bunch of prophets in this church and everybody had something to say the Lord had given them. But certain people were, again, hogging the stage, wouldn't let the other people get up and speak. And so Paul said, "You you can't do that. You need to sagao, be silent. And again, for a time, until it's appropriate for you to be speaking. Mm-hmm. And then he moves to the women. And he says, don't be asking questions in church and, and disrupting the teacher. And that was a thing that people did in, in Greco, Roman Greco society. They, would, um, they were allowed to ask questions yeah. when somebody was orating. But the thing is, they couldn't ask questions if they didn't know what they were talking about. So it was very frowned down upon because what happens? You get somebody asking a question that throws everybody off. The, the teacher gets thrown off. You go down this rabbit trail. It's right. happened to me many times as a teacher. Right, right, right. And so, you know, and, and Paul was saying, no, don't do that. You know, ask your questions at home. And, and, and when you, you know, when you know enough to, you know, contribute. Okay. So sagao for a time. Yeah. That's that Greek word again. Three groups were told to sagao. Two of them had men in them. But have you ever heard them preached about? It's all you hear about is that third group. And they pull those verses out of context. But if you look at what's in, what the whole passage, the whole chapter is about, it's a very different picture. So your book is is uh, relating the stories of diving deep into these passages that have been sort of linchpins in the role of women in the church. It, they absolutely have been. And so what I did was because I didn't want, I, I wanted to, look at one passage at a time, look at the context and see what did it mean in its original context, and then look at the next passage and do the same thing. So now I've got the meaning of all these passages. Now we can put them together. And so that's why why it's a chapter, a passage. I'm very, very uh, detailed and very careful in my study. I love the Word of God. I believe it. It's directly from the Holy Spirit. Um, I do what it says. Yeah. So... Well, it's a great resource. Julie Zine Coleman is with us, and we're going to take a break. But, Julie, how do people get a, a hold of On Purpose, your your new book? Just look it up on Amazon. It's right I there. Like everything, huh? Oh, well, yeah. All right. Yep. Okay. And, and are people communicating back to you as well? Uh, yes, I've gotten... Actually, I've had a couple of churches write and tell me that the elders are all reading the book because they're reevaluating where they are in women. Now we're talking. That was a thrill, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. But my website also has a lot of stuff on it. It's juliezinecoleman.com. So Z-I-N-E is that middle name. <laughs> Bottom of the column news, our panel of experts, and the Swirl Master 2000, all part of Kwame & Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. This is Kwame and Company podcast number 13. I had my doubts that we'd get into double digits, and here we are 13 already. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Rachel. We've stuck it with it that long. I don't know if anybody else is still listening. To it's it. hard to say. It's, it is hard to say. We There's have some, no idea. Some computer guy could probably figure it out for us. How many times has the site been open? That doesn't necessarily mean that they listen to the whole thing, I guess. Sure. Started. At least on YouTube, you can tell if people watch you or not. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if there's any know. way to tell on a podcast. I think there probably is, but I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I'm not going to worry about it. I barely know how to upload them. I mean, that's as oh. far as I get. Well, good for you. That's more than I know how to do. <laughs> well, you edit it. Well, I'm, I'm putting it you together You put it together. Here, but and then, then I, I upload say, it. And... Amy, it's ready to go. Yep. Bingo, bango, there she goes. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're getting a, the podcast from the website, which is one way to do it, you can also get it now from the, the new app. The app, yay. Yeah. So how so do people... The word.mn. The best way, though, I mean, if you're on the website, there's a link there. Oh, just click on it, and it'll you can get it installed on your on your phone. communication device. Yeah, exactly. All right. So this has been the favorite story of mine for quite some time. You know, people can argue about just about anything, or at least have differences of opinions, and that's uh, a recent survey of more than a thousand Americans uh, attempted to settle some of the most heated food debates. You know, I used to just. Take the opposite side just for the sake of arguing. Yeah? Yep. Well, Wouldn't really believe in it. But I'd just take that op- really? opposition just so I That's, could argue about it. Okay. I was well, a very argumentative I, kid. I, I can see you. You know that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have grandkids like that. I have kids like that. I'm a little like that. But here we go. Here's a, a survey. More than half the people surveyed. Oh, I'm saying not more than half. Almost half of the people surveyed said hot dogs are sandwiches. Lies. <laughs> it's not a right or wrong. It's not a lie. They believe. Well, they they now, would be wrong. Well, that's what more than half of the people said, right. apparently. Hot dogs are sandwiches. But you think about it. If you took that same hot dog meat and flattened it out sideways, like a Ew. round. That'd be bologna sandwich. Right. Why okay, is that well, a sandwich and not a hot dog? Because it's not a hot dog. A hot dog is its own thing. <laughs> okay. Its own thing. It's got a new category. That's huh? right. All right. All right. Uh, here's the next one. More than more than half. Okay. So. You know, here, I got to go back to this. Because uh, hot dogs? I, yes. Okay. Because I would be like, <laughs> totally shocked yeah. if... You said to any of those, even the 49% or less or whatever it is that yeah. think that they're a sandwich, yeah. you said, do you want a sa- sandwich? They would, a, a picture of a hot dog would pop in their head because I doubt it. They're gonna, well, like a peanut butter sandwich, bologna sandwich, yeah. turkey sandwich, yeah. something like that. Generally cold. Grilled cheese. Oh, well, even a panini. A, is, like, is a grilled cheese. Well, that is a sandwich. It's right in the name. Grilled cheese sandwich. Sandwich, yeah. So I think those things are going to pop in their head. I would... I I bet less than ten percent a picture of a hot dog actually pops in their head. Well, you, you know this this possibly <laughs> you, you, this is a survey, so it's, it said hot dog sandwich, yes or no, something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. And that's but well, like okay. I said, I I don't think that's going to be the picture that they pop. Okay, how about this one? More than half, so fifty plus percent mm-hmm. uh, enjoy pineapple on pizza. Yeah, they're crazy. But <laughs> no, well, that's it, all right. But that is a, I mean, that that's appears a on menus. Oh, yeah. So that, that's a thing. It's okay. 
I I don't want any of my pizza infected with it. I don't even really? want it on the half of the pizza really? and then have the box closed because it infects the whole oh, thing. Oh, well, that's true. I feel that way about uh, cantaloupe and fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm it's saying? It's the filler. It's like celery oh, in anything. But it just, They're just putting celery in there as a filler. It okay? gives me, But it gives me cantaloupe, the flavor of cantaloupe, gives me the coffee-like involuntary sugar. Have you tried salt on it? No, because I can't. Uh, oh, you got trying to put it down. Or, I oh. could try it. I, I'll try that. It, but it, make sure the cantaloupe is nice and ripe. Yeah, but because if any, it's hard, I, I can tell you any it, cantaloupe. If it's hard, then it's not going to be good. But now, you put a cantaloupe in a fruit salad with pineapple. Mmm, good grapes. Mmm, watermelon. <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah. And then cantaloupe. Everything tastes like cantaloupe to me. Oh. See, I don't, I don't it get that, but because you like it, though, I, I do. But if you get a nice ripe cantaloupe and then you put a little bit of salt on it, Ooh, I just got to shiver again. It tastes different. It tastes sweeter. Okay. Well, a cantaloupe isn't even part of the survey, so I don't know how I got onto that. But <laughs> all right, next one. This is a survey of more than a thousand Americans. Uh, three in ten, so thirty percent, I guess. Another yeah. way of three in ten classify cereal as a soup. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's my favorite that one because i would have never thought so of that stretching but, it but when you think about it it's in a bowl you eat it with a spoon but you don't you, have to okay you don't have to have milk in it it's add no, milk to but, it yeah you don't have to add milk to it it come i it it's not a soup only three and in ten say this. Three and ten, yes. And if you said, "Do you want?" It's a soup, minority opinion. They're not going to. Oh, yeah, it's a minority. Could I have fruity I'll pebbles. Have some yucky, Lucky Charms soup. Yeah, they're not going to yeah. say. They're not going to. Nobody. None of those people. What's are for gonna supper? Ex- lucky Charms. <laughs> it's it's the soup, it's of, the soup of the day. The soup of the day. Soup du jour. Fruity lucky pebbles. Charms. Yeah. Like okay. nobody. None of those people expect to see Lucky Charms as the soup of the day. Because you know, it's ridiculous. It, it would be fun to put that in a restaurant menu sometime and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you go to a fancy place. Oh, the uh, control. Well, the soup of the day is, is. Wheaties. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's this? Okay. <laughs> All right. The last one I had a hard time thinking about, but I, the more I pondered it, I, oh, well, I guess four in 10. So this is more than the soup thing. <laughs> Four in ten say pop tarts count as ravioli. (laughs) (laughs) Again, you got to think about. Hey, you want some ravioli for supper? They're not going to say, "Yeah, strawberry flavored," or "I like the s'mores ones." So no, no. To find ravioli for me, it's it's pasta Pasta. with a stuffing of usually meat, right? Meat or cheese. Meat or cheese with Mm -hmm. sometimes tomato sauce in there. No. Or is that on the outside? That's always? on the outside. Okay. Spinach. There's okay. spinach and cheese ones. As long ricotta. as it's not cantaloupe in there, I'm oh, okay. Ricotta and spinach ravioli. Oh, you should try it. My okay. kids even ate it oh, because. I like ravioli. Do you like spinach? I, I, it's For me, it's that filler kind of thing because not much taste. It just. Oh, kinda... but the iron that you get from it. It was good iron. Fantastic. Now, okay. Yeah. So how, how but uh, okay, think of Pop-Tarts. That's a pastry-like Crust with fruit in it, encapsulated. Fruit. fruit. You're really going to label it as fruit? Well, fruit flavoring. Okay. 
And they, uh, let's see, could they have, I, I, there's probably not cheese Pop-Tarts. No, they have. meat Pop-Tarts. No, they have like fruit flavors. They have, they have like candy almost flavor right. ones. Right. But why would four it's, out of 10 people say, oh, ravioli? Because <laughs> they're lying. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> they want to be people, different. They are obstinate. They're being contrarians in a that, survey? Yes. Oh. They are. Okay. None of those people, if you said, hey, you want ravioli for supper, would say that. Like, they're not going to go, yeah. Are you going to toast it? I, I, I would like the lemon kind, and I'd yeah. like it yeah. toasted darkly or yeah. heated in the microwave, please. Well. I, I, Pop-Tarts is one of the most uh, perfect foods, uh, you know, just in terms of convenience. You got the pouch, you open it up, bingo. It is. Really goodness. like no nutritional value whatsoever. No, it's whatsoever. not that good nutrition. Oh, no. it's terrible. I tried to argue that point with a nutritionist one time, and she just gave me the <laughs> dumbfounded expression. Like, like seriously, I, you're actually I, arguing with I me? Had, well, I had to write down my diet for a while. It was a write down. Uh-huh. And, Pop-Tarts, huh? Huh? Uh, How old are you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, pastry. They're pastry. They're not ravioli. It's hard to classify them as pastry, too. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's closer to like a donut or like a pie crust with stuff in it. Yeah. And it's, or like the um, big bars type things. Newtons? Well, not that. They have those breakfast bars. That have oh, yeah. the stuff wrapped on the outside of yeah. them with the fruit on the inside. Yeah. It's more in those categories. They look like they'd be better for you. They're probably not. Probably not. Not much. No. Okay. So it's got a ton of carbs. Food fights. This is from Cinch, C I N C H, Home Services. And they got a website, Cinch Home Services. So yeah. some normal people that aren't <laughs> obstinate should probably sign up for the next survey. They right. Take. Well,. <laughs> I, I just find it fascinating, some of these categories. <laughs> I would have never thought of that. But, That's right. Most well, normal people, until you're asked, it would never, ever think you know, of that. Yeah. All right. This is the Kwame <laughs> Company podcast number 13. <sighs> Still to come. Stuff happens at work. Uh, right now, let's go back to the Julie interview. 91.5 and 102.7, The Word. Julie Zine Coleman is with us. And Julie, uh, you hear from what we call our radio station, we take the Bible very seriously as well. That's why we're here. And uh, the, and uh, everything we do should be related to God's Word. So thank you for being with us. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Uh, so the topic in, in your book of the women's role in the church, when that topic comes up, you... you you get a lot of reactions, don't you? You get oh, yes. eye rolls. You get uh, oh boy, or or uh, here we go, or uh, and it seems like lines are already drawn, mm-hmm. and not a lot of communication going on back and forth. I agree, and that's one of the main points I make in my introduction: is try to put everything you think you know aside, start fresh, ask God just to give you a fresh look at this passage, and and really think about you know. What it's, what it's really trying to say. And because when we come to scripture with our own already impressions and our own perceptions, what happens is we read those into a passage. And so then we think that passage is all about that and it's not in there at all. Yeah. So we have to be really careful not to bring our own ideas with it as we begin to study. I always, whenever I study any passage in the whole Bible, I always say, okay, Lord, help me to just put aside what I already think I know and just show me new what you want me to know. 
it's it's an it's an honest prayer. And, and tell us again how you how you are diving deep into these passages, and and your background is a big part of that. That you you're uniquely equipped to study God's word in this way. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to be doing this when I started. When I graduated from college, I was a, a Christian school teacher for 20 years, and loved it. I was all in for being a teacher, but then as as, um, I finished up that last year, I really felt like God was calling me to do more, that um, I I felt like he was calling me to write. I don't know why I thought that, but I did, and uh, (laughs) I guess he made it pretty clear, but, you know, and I said to my husband, I'm I'm like dreading going back to school again. I just, and I was never like that, but I just knew God wanted something different for me, and so he said, boy, you know, I wish you could go to seminary because you would, and I said, are women allowed to go to seminary? He's like, yes, Julie. (laughs) But anyway, I went that fall. I quit school and I went that fall and I took the two full years, summers and all, and got the degree in in a master's in biblical studies. And it was just, it was world changing for me because I finally knew, I didn't know how to get past, like when I was writing, um, in the beginning while I was still teaching I gave a copy of the thing I was working on to my pastor and he's, he looked at it and he said oh, Julie you're a really good storyteller he said but your teaching's kind of shallow and I said what? I don't want to be shallow <laughs> and so I went home to my husband and I said I don't want to be shallow <laughs> and that's when he said I wish I could go to seminary and yeah. so sure enough that'll, that'll make you deep you know just in looking at uh, exegetical teaching and how you really go through a passage and really look at what it says and it, it, it life-changing for me. Well, and, and uh, the rest of us who maybe aren't on that path of going to seminary, we I, still need people like you as a, as, a, as a Sunday school teacher of fourth graders. I need to know how to tell the stories in a non-shallow way, yes. and I need resources like you. Yes, exactly. So I do a lot of teaching on how to study the Bible. Um, as a matter of fact, a friend and I, Kathy Howard, we're developing a video course so people can take it and learn. But it's three basic skills. It's not rocket science, but it's <laughs> observation, interpretation, application, yeah. and how you do each of those things. Okay. So, And if you go on my website, I have an observation cheat sheet that you can look at when you're looking at a passage, and you can download that for free. I tell the fourth graders, and I don't know. Hmm? Sorry, what's the website? Amy just said, what's the website? <laughs> Thank you, Amy. <laughs> it's juliezinecoleman.com. Okay, yeah. very good. Okay, so I tell the, the fourth graders all the time, the Bible is a unique book. You study it just like any other book in terms of composition and what's going on and who's the storyteller. or what. Right. And it's also the inspired word of God that affects your heart and changes your life. We're in a, in a very neat position studying God's word in that we've got the best of both worlds. Yeah, we really do. And you know, that's what, that there's power in the word. God says in Isaiah that he won't go out and come back without having accomplished what he wanted it to accomplish. I love that passage. But it, the thing is, that's what the Holy Spirit uses, is his word to transform us. And talks about in, in Romans uh, 12 too, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So yeah. when you're you're learning from God's word, that there's something that happens, something I don't know even how to describe it, but I come away from my morning study time a different person Yeah. because it's just so wonderful. It's just so life, life-giving. That's yeah. what it is. We're talking about God's Word and the book by Julie Zine Coleman, On Purpose, Understanding God's Freedom for Women Through Scriptures. Um, 
I think we probably will come back and talk more tomorrow because we talked a long time here. So we'll be back with, with Julie, but uh, let's do the website one more time so people can write it down. If you're driving, we'll keep it on hand by the phone. Lori can give it to you. What's the website? Okay, it's Julie, J-U-L-I-E, Zine, Z-I-N-E, Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N, dot org. Kwame and Company, focusing on closet vision, comfort food, pirates on the prairie, and Pat's gut. It lifts me up when I'm having a bad day. It energizes me and just helps me get through the day. Thanks. All right, this is number 13. You know, the next one, 14. Next time, the next Kwame and Company podcast. We'll have uh, medical transcriptions, celebrity quotes, stories about ants, and more from uh, Julie Coleman. Did we already do ants? That was on the air. Was it? Yeah. Are you sure? Pretty sure. I'll look (laughs) back here. Pretty sure. Okay. All right. So that's the thing we've got now. We've got uh, two schedules going. What's on the podcast? What's on the program? Okay. Well, I'll look back just to make sure. Okay. You look back. All right. All right. Uh, so that's tomorrow. We get some, or next time we have some time because sure, yeah. these get released on Tuesdays and Fridays. Fridays. Yep. All right. So stuff happens at work. I like this category cause you can put a pile, a lot of different stuff in here. Mm-hmm. You never know what happens at work. And this comes from Pat Sitchko. Uh, she's a single mom. She says, I found that getting the kids off to school and then driving 45 minutes to work was a struggle. Luckily, my boss was very forgiving. In fact, one day he greeted me with a cheerful smile and exclaimed, today's the earliest you've been late all week. (laughs) (laughs) The earliest you've been late. Uh, Apparently, if he's a nice guy, you take that well. If he's a jerk, it would, you'd be received in a whole different way. Mm -hmm. Oh, thanks. That's hilarious. Thanks, boss. (laughs) Thanks for noticing. Yeah. Oh, that'd be embarrassing. I would be embarrassed if I was told that. It would be. It would possibly. I, I wouldn't like that. Like, it was a I cheerful mean, smile. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't mind the boss saying that, but I would be embarrassed for myself that I was yeah. late that many times. Right. That yeah. this is the earliest you've been late. Yeah. Come on, get there on time. How hard <laughs> or, is or it? Or change the start time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's just change my start time, huh? Let's I make just it can't half seem hour to get here. after school. Right. Yeah, well. Um, Dennis says when a new restaurant opened nearby, I like this one because it's back to food conversation mm-hmm. again. I made sure to get a table on opening night. It was a server's first time working at a restaurant. She was bubbling over with enthusiasm. Probably had all brand new pens clipped on her apron. I'm sure. A notepad uh... to take the orders. And, Hi. Can I help you? Uh, case in point, he asked, uh, this is Dennis asked, what is a soup du jour? Beaming with pride. From someone who just found her calling in life, she answered, oh, that's the soup of the day. <laughs> it's tricks. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you want healthy, <laughs> yeah. raisin bran. Raisin bran yeah. soup, yes. You know, the soup of the day is soup de jour means soup yes, of the day. Yes, that's in hilarious. French, so that. Okay. Uh, one more here. This is uh, from uh, the Twitter, which now I can't say little bird anymore because it's uh, X, X. X at. Now, did that change everybody's address then when they changed the. I don't know. I'm not normally on Twitter, so I don't I think I, it's just at. Well, it's nothing, just at? Okay. It, it's 
Like that's where your address starts. So the Twitter building, have you seen this? The Twitter building, they put a big X on the roof, oh. a big neon X. No. It's kind of a stylized, it's kind of a neat look at X. Sure. But uh, I don't know if it's in Atlanta or someplace, but the the, the people there are, oh, they're all huffy about it. Uh, <laughs> and, and they're going to try and outlaw the X. Well, oh, come on, yeah. it's just an X. The, the app, the little sign changed. Oh, it did? Mm-hmm. It's an X. Okay. Yeah, I see the X. That's Twitter. So, but, but how would an address look then? They'd probably put the, it, I, see, the address is just at blah, oh, blah, blah. the little bird just appears. Yeah, before uh, it. Okay. All right. So, we're, we're, oh, we, we haven't done it yet. Little bird at Nicole Thurman says, people who live alone should get one practice conversation before they have to speak out loud for the first time of the day. Yeah. I get that. Even just people who get up early and don't. My first conversation is usually getting coffee with the guy at the holiday gas station. Nice. And he speaks so quietly, I can't hardly ever hear him. <laughs> so I nod and smile. And you know, I was going to say, you probably nod and smile. Yeah. And I say, hey, how you doing, Joel? How was your night? And he says, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, have a good day. Nice. He could be saying, you know, it was terrible. We were robbed and uh, and uh, all the pumps quit. And I, oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, that's Have a good nice. day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. I think that's, uh, that's, oh, we got one more. Things that happen at work. This is from a coach named Steve. Coach Steve says, with seconds to go, and this is a um, basketball coach, a high school basketball team. Okay. So Steve calls everybody in. The score's tied. Seconds to go. He called for a timeout and drew up a play on the small little whiteboard that they carry. It's just like on um, uh, that basketball movie uh, with uh, uh, Gene Hackman was the coach. They didn't have whiteboards back then, but but you got the play. You're calling the final play of the game. Sure. There we go. Uh, And and so he draws a play on uh, the play on the whiteboard, and he asks the team, "You have it." And yep, yep, they all put their hands in the middle and shout, you know, Bronco. Go team. Yeah, yeah. go, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and they run out on the floor. And just as they're running out on the floor, Coach Steve is confident that they're going to execute mm-hmm. this play. And one of the players turns and looks over his shoulder as he's running back out onto the court and says, were we the X's or the O's? Yeah, that's kind of not a basic go well. misunderstanding uh, of the. Now uh-huh. I don't know. I suppose you'd have to make that clear because is the home our home team always the? I mean the team your team always the X's and the O's are the bad guys or ver, or are the all the X's on Twitter? You know, Phil, I wouldn't know. I uh, I, I was never part of a basketball team or a volleyball team or a football team. Well, where I had to know those type of things. That's I good, think they're the X's, but I don't know. I. So it is something you'd have to make clear. If you've never, had, at that point though, wouldn't you make it a practice? It should come. Have, I mean, you're running through plays all the time. Would have happened before. Yeah. I would think so. I was in softball. We didn't have to worry about X's and O's. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this is Kwame and Company. Stuff happens at work. Now we're going to uh, uh, go to uh, some segments of of. Uh, that's not really an interview. It's a, it's a, it's a, some clips from three Christian men on the fear of failure. We got okay. Rick Warren, 
We've got Nick Foles. And Denzel Washington. And Denzel Washington. Yeah, one of That's my right. favorites. So right. Like On the fear of failure. This is Kwame and Company podcast. God uses the person who dreams great dreams. You let the size of your God determine the size of your dream. And you've never really believed God until you've accomplished, attempted something that cannot be done in the power of the flesh. Most people are afraid to set great dreams and set big goals because of the fear of failure. There's something much worse than failure. It is the fear of failure. Failure is not that bad. Actually, failure is the way you learn. And that's how you learn. Don't call it a failure. Call it an education. So the, the, the failure is not bad. It's the fear of failure that's bad. And the fear of failure, the Bible says the fear of man is a snare. In other words, the moment I start worrying about what other people think, I'm dead in the water. I'm dead in the water. So it starts with a dream. Faith is in a dream. Faith is evidenced in God uses the person who's willing to risk failure. Do you know why God uses me? It's not because I'm smarter than everybody else. I'm not. But God uses me because I expect him to use me. Not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is. Not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. If you study scripture, you'll find that every time God moves out of heaven and moves on earth, it's because somebody believed. What, what, what is God doing in your life right now? Without even knowing you, I can tell you. He's doing exactly what you expect him to do. No more, no less. Why? Because the Bible says, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. What are you expecting God to do in your life? I think the big thing is don't be afraid to fail. I think in our society today, you know, Instagram, Twitter, it's a highlight reel. Um, you know, it's all the good things. And then when you look at it, you know, you think like, wow, when you have a rough day, your life's not as good as that. Like, you know, you're failing. You know, failure is part of life. That's a part of building character and growing. Like without failure, who would you be? Hey, we still have daily struggles. I still have daily struggles. So, um, but that's where my faith comes in. That's where my family comes in. And, you know, I think when you look at a struggle in your life, just know that, you know, that's just an opportunity for your character to grow. Something's going on in your life and you're struggling, embrace it because you're growing. You will fail at some point in your life, accept it. You will lose. You will embarrass yourself. You will suck at something. There's no doubt about it. I'm telling you, embrace it because it's inevitable. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. I'll say it again. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. My wife told me this great expression. To get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. Nelson Mandela said, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living. So you got to get out there. You got to give it everything you got, whether it's your time, your, your, your talent, your prayers, or your treasures. Never be discouraged. Never hold back. Give everything you got. And when you fall throughout life, remember this. Fall forward.
Well, that's it. Podcast number 13 in the books. Like we said, next time, more from uh, Julie Coleman, uh, celebrity quotes, and we'll see if we do answer not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, we'll refer to which podcast it's in. Yeah. We... Remember that thing about the ants? Boy, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I used those facts in VBS. Oh, really? To fascinate kids and get them to, you know. Well, how many ants there are and who counted all those ants? Uh, actually, we just talked about how many killed people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tune in next podcast to find out. All right. This is Kwame and Company. We'll see you on the radio then tomorrow morning at 6 a.m.